This is The Secret Library, a podcast about writing and publishing books. I'm Caroline Donahue, a life coach who works with writers, and I'm here to tell you this is your year. It's time to stop waiting and start writing. Hi, so we're doing something a little different this week because I found myself in a situation where I just kind of wanted to record. Now I've made one of my guests almost spit water on herself. So I'm here in New Orleans with two former guests of the show are now doing a repeat, and I've got all three of us live on one track. So we're basically flying without a net. So please forgive any background noise because we don't have any way to cut it out this time. Um, we're just doing our best here. We're sitting on pillows. We're we're really trying to control the sound, but I just want to say that from the beginning. And I have Kate Newberg and I have Tasha Harrison here, who have both been on the show before. And we started talking about the fact that it's late October and that fun writing adventure of the year is coming up, National Novel Writing Month, or as many of us know it, NaNoWriMo. And we thought we would give a little primer and talk about our experiences using NaNoWriMo as writers and what we think are successful and useful things to know to have a really, here we go, already got sirens going by. Seriously. (laughs) <laughs> Yay, thank you, New Orleans. Woo! Um, that's that situation you were talking about. That's the situation. Yeah. We're being arrested for podcasting in New Orleans. Um, All right. It's cray here. So we wanted to set everybody up for a really great NaNoWriMo this year. So thanks for doing this crazy adventure with me, Kate and Tasha. Yay. <laughs> we, we made a crazy outline while we were riding on a streetcar, so we figured we would just go from there. So we wanted to start, like talking about NaNoWriMo itself. Kate, you want to talk about NaNoWriMo so I can stop talking for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I can. No, yeah, I can do that. Um, so NaNoWriMo, or Na- National Novel Writing Month, typically takes place during November, though there's other months in the year that they have, like, camps. summer camps and whatnot. And what it is is basically a chance to try and write at least 5,000 words of a novel or of a 50, book. 50,000. Oh, did I 5,000? I yeah, said 50. 50. I meant 50,000. <laughs> you know, let's just break it break it up. 500,000. <laughs> uh, just basically a shit lot of words so that you can basically finish or at least complete the first draft of a novel and then missing things. I think that's the basics. That's like, the basics. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that you write 1667 words per day for 30 days is sort of the yeah. the breakdown of the the number of words you're trying to accomplish which when you start seems really easy because most of the time you write more yeah than 1600 words a day but then as soon as it's time for you to write 1600 words a day for a whole month you can't it's hard (laughs) it's basically trying to focus on it and you're like because you're trying to focus on it it's hard so it tries to take like it doesn't matter if the words are good. It's just you have to have the number of words. Uh, the other thing about NaNoWriMo is that it has a community. So mm-hmm. there is a forum base. There is a, there's a hashtag. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about uh, personal experiences in a minute. But my thing was I was always in the forums or the chat rooms with the, uh, the local group. It's also making writing not a lonely activity. Exactly. It's nice because there's a website, which is NaNoWriMo.org, um, which we'll put in the show notes. But it's... It's something where you can be online, but you can also, as Kate said, there are local, there are local groups you can meet up. 
I had a really, well, I'll get into it in a minute, but (laughs) (laughs) it's very fun to meet the people who are writing these things and to figure out who they are and why somebody would want to sit down and write 50,000 words in a month. Mm -hmm. So why don't we start talking about what it's been like to use NaNoWriMo as writers? Um, For me, it was good to have some structure, to be able to focus all of my energy into one month and definitely get the words down. It made it easier for me to write that shitty first draft because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of pressure around trying to get everything perfect the first time. But if you're trying to write 50,000 words in a month, you can't care about perfection. You just need to get the words down. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was the best part of it, the most motivating part of it. It made me realize that I could write a book. And what were some of the the books, did you write any books or finish any books on that? Oh, yeah. Um, my first uh, book in my series, Inner Closet, was written on for NaNoWriMo. I made it just under, like, just right at mm-hmm. the 50K, right at the, like, the la- like 12 o'clock, like, the 11th hour. And, um, and then I proceeded to fuck with it for, like, six months and bloated it to 120,000 words, which mm-hmm. ended up being three books. So it was my first series. But... If I had never completed that first draft, that first shitty draft, I would have never been able to have my first series. Awesome. What about you, Kate? Um, I wrote the first draft of my novel, uh, Seven. it was originally called Seven Nights, now it's called Seven Souls. I wrote the first draft in, I think I got into about 51, 52K. Um, but it was interesting because I remember just sitting at my dining room table with bad lighting and I would listen to the same song on repeat I always have that like that fight song when you're just like you're I forget what it was but it was probably some like pop song that I was like it wasn't so much that it influenced the writing as that it kept me writing um so it's like me with the rocky anthem yeah it it was it was my rocky anthem and watch it was probably something like Taylor Swift or some definitely Taylor Swift um but this was back in lord it was probably back in 2010 when I did that and when I was done there was just like this like almost this awe-inspiring feeling that I could finish a book. Like, whenever I would write things, it would be, like, short stories or scenes or dialogue. Um, and I always wanted to write a book, but I was like, I, I got I to gotta make it do, right? And <laughs> But the thing is, after I finished it, I realized I hated the character for the main character. Like, I actually ended up using that characterization for, like, a side character, but I had to completely rewrite it. Um, I kept some of the dialogue, some of the scenes, and that was my most memorable NaNoWriMo experience. Some of it else was like I would start a novel or something or I would try to go back to it. Um, but a lot of my memories was also tied to the NaNoLanta group, which is the Atlanta group, who <laughs> is a – it was a huge, very active group. Um, and I just remember there were some crazy, um, crazy word goals. So, like, some guy was, like, trying to write 200,000 um, words. In a month? Yeah, and he did it. He did it in like 13 days or some, something. What? And were they good words? Probably not. But it was, <laughs> it was you, I guess the point of it is you can set other word goals for yourself. If you're like done with 50,000 words in some way, in a couple of days, whatever, then set higher goals for yourself. Um, I don't know if you should be trying to write 200,000 words in a month. I mean, like it was probably like some like. It was probably sci-fi. Let's be real. I think it was actually. No, I can't. Like, I, I, I did like the paranormal stuff, but I was like, kind of making it up as I go. But I kind of had loose notes, and we'll talk about that later. What uh, to recommend? But 
yeah, it was like, I just remember going to like Ikea with your laptop and um, your laptop. No, I went with your laptop. Um, but what happened was like we would sit there in the, the cafe with the Wi-Fi, but then we would go into the different rooms, all of us as the Nina Atlanta group, and just like crank out words. And once we each hit a word in count, Ikea? we would... Yes. Like there was, an, there was a Nana Lanta um, day on Marta. That's, wow. So, so like we took it to the streets. That yeah, they just go to the library. What's Marta? Is that the transit? Yeah, yeah the that's the transit. transit. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who Marta is. Yes. Uh, you that's, know Marta. You know. I, I haven't <laughs> met her. Was she there this weekend? Um, <laughs> yeah. How about you, amazing. Caroline? I, um, well, I started two days after I first heard about NaNoWriMo for the first time, like a week after moving to Los Angeles. So this was 11 years ago, I guess now. And a friend of mine who's a writer who's been on the show, Milda Harris, said, hey, I'm doing this thing, I think, in a couple days. And I was like, what is it? And I had just moved to a new city. And so I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And I had just met her. And it seemed so cool. So I think, like you, the point of it was really to see if I could write that many words in mm -hmm. that short of a period of time. So there was a, a bit of a, can I even do this? And I didn't really care very much about what I was writing. I wasn't like invested in the story because I hadn't had any time to think about it. Mm -hmm. But in some ways that was my favorite because there was such a rush from like continuing to write these words and actually getting it done mm -hmm. and realizing like, oh, I think the reason up to that point that I hadn't tried to write a book was because I just didn't think I could come up with that many words. And so I think the, the point was to figure out, could I write this many words? And I didn't care about the story. And so I, um, the story was awful. It was awful, awful, awful. <laughs> it was like every cliche I could come up with. It was about a girl who went to bed at night and had these dreams that she was like communicating with figures from history. And then at one point she like joined the circus. Like it was what? terrible, <laughs> terrible. In, this, in her dream? Did she join the circus in her dream? No, that was real. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. And it was just like, I don't care. I'm really enjoying writing this awful book. It was so satisfying. Mm -hmm. So and then I went on and I, I've written four others. So I've finished NaNoWriMo five times. And one of them, um, I actually ended up workshopping for, in a, in a novel workshop group for quite some time. And then eventually just realized it was very heavily historical and mm -hmm. I just wasn't ready to make that the level of research commitment at that point. And I think some of the thing that I think is interesting is it was still valuable because some of the themes, maybe not in the first terrible book, but um, <laughs> in, in many of the others that I was looking at, those themes are coming up in my book now. So I don't feel like I have this urge now to go back and mm -hmm. rework those. It's just that those were sort of throat clearing kind of preambles to the book that I'm now feeling like it's time to work on. So you've worked out the phlegm. Exactly. They were like <laughs> basically hawking a loogie for 10 years. Um, that was a big ass loogie. I mean, it would have been nice if it didn't take so long, but like I'm okay with that too. Yeah. I mean, especially if it's stream of consciousness, like you're probably exploring concepts, concepts that are interesting to you that will reappear in your work no matter what. So what you're really doing right now is developing, you were doing then, was developing your voice. Mm -hmm. So you may not have had the story that you wanted to write yet, but you were finding your your author voice, you know? Like, what concepts you like, what themes you like, what type of characters you like to write. Yeah, it was a, it was, 
it felt valuable. The whole thing felt valuable. So I think this is something that I would say to anybody considering like, should I do NaNoWriMo or not? I think if you have an urge, there are two things I would say. (laughs) One is, and you all can add in as many others as you want to add, but the first one I would say is that it's valuable just to have the experience of writing that much. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, it's sort of like training for a marathon. And then afterwards, you know, you can do it. And are you really going to, the other side of what I would say is that this is not reflective of most people's writing pace. This mm-hmm. is like doing a sprint once a year to really get some stuff out, um, which feels good. And it keeps you kind of limber for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So that I would say, are two pieces of advice I would have for people considering it. Don't think that you have to keep this pace up after November. That is not expected or even desirable. I don't <laughs> Honestly, no. Um, I would also add that uh, just because you wrote it doesn't mean it needs to be published. Sometimes <laughs> you just need to write it to write it yeah. like you were saying to figure out that you can. And, yeah, just to take it for what it is. Don't think that it, because you've written this thing that someone else has to read it number one mm-hmm. because that takes a lot of pressure off of it as well because a lot of times you write things and you're like oh god someone else is going to read this heap of shit what am I going to do with my life so yeah I would say just don't feel pressured to think that oh now I've written this thing I have to publish it yeah it's definitely a commitment more to yourself mm-hmm. than to anyone else um, especially in the beginning like after November if you want to make a decision then um, that's a, that's another conversation <laughs> but when you're starting writing in November, you're just making that commitment to write at least 16, 67 words a day, um, or maybe just round it up to 1,700 and maybe take a day off once in a while or something, and just show yourself that you can commit to a month of writing. Yeah, that has its own value, and I think that just being dedicated to yourself and being dedicated to the part of process, I would not, just because there are stories of like Water for Elephants or other books yeah. where you hear, like, this was a NaNoWriMo book. Don't think that the point of doing NaNoWriMo is to birth some perfect manuscript that is then going to just immediately, you're just going to hit publish on. I, I wouldn't put that kind of pressure on. It's not about that. It mm-hmm. can be about that later, but I don't think it's about that when you're writing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might be hearing this, like, the day of, and you're like, oh, crap, I'll go home. So you didn't have any time to plan, but you can still start. Yeah, and just see what happens. I mean, yeah. you can really play with it. You don't have to. I mean, I had no idea what this book was going to be about that first <laughs> one, when I, and it was so much fun. So I really, it. You don't have enough time to psych yourself out and yeah. be like, oh, you know, is this any good? Like, just you just have to keep going. Mm-hmm. So, and then you find yourself doing weird stuff like taking contractions out and like cannot like get your word. <laughs> oh my god, that is the worst. It's terrible. But um, like, no like, you'll find you'll find your weird. The weird, you're going to start writing like in 18th century. Yes. What doth he need? You know, that has more <laughs> words than like, can I do it? It's like, no, too, too few words. Yeah. But you'll, you'll have your own process with it. I, I think the theme is like, think about these things and play with them, but don't get bogged down in them because there's yeah. a lot of fun tools you can play with also mm-hmm. as part of it. So, and we're nerds, so we want to talk about the tools. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my number one tool is just have a system or you're working in a a word processor that automatically backs it up. The first thing that comes to mind, of course, is something like Google Drive or Dropbox or whatever. You just want to make sure your novel's backed up because you don't want to go into it like 47,000 words and then suddenly everything's gone. Like that would feel like such 
like gut wrenching stuff. So something that's automatically going to back it up, but also that you can take on the go. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was easily accessible. Say. Yeah. So then you you're yeah. then you, you have no write seventeen hundred words a day. Yeah. You might be writing them like in the bathroom at work on your phone. So <laughs> just yeah. make sure you can open the thing from anywhere. And if it's saved in Dropbox or Google Drive, and then you can open that thing wherever and and add a few more words to it, it's going to help you get that word count done. Mm-hmm. I'm old school. Yeah. <laughs> I like old, regular old pen and paper. I do a lot of, um, instead of, because I feel a lot of pressure, especially when I have a deadline, when I, it's like, oh, you have to write 16, 67 words a day. Mm-hmm. First thing I do is like, uh, I can't. Like my brain just doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. So if I can just pick up a piece of paper and a pen and write down whatever I'm mm-hmm. thinking about at that moment, it's easier for me. And then I'll come to the computer like at the end of the day mm-hmm. and I might have like like a couple, like five or 600 words that'll prompt me to write the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I prefer to do most of like my daily, like the beginning words of my daily word count, you know, old school, little notebook tucked in your pocket. Huh. And you can, you can write a few pages and then count those pages and figure out like mm-hmm. the size of notebook you're using, what the average word count is for right. that. Mm-hmm. There is something that makes me um, a little bit of a nerd, like, I mean, like we can say nerd one more time in the show. <laughs> Everybody do a shot every time we say nerd. Um, we'll oh, die. It's like uh, the gold star compulsion, I think, yeah. is that it is good to know if you are a pen and paper method person mm-hmm. that there is an element of NaNoWriMo where you can upload your document and they will count the number of words and then you quote win because you completed it. Say huh? Oh, that's oh, like yeah. on the website. That's on the website. So, so the website itself is a huge tool. Have you done this and you didn't know this part? This what? is hilarious. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Josh is having a real life. That's how. Okay, so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not typing any of this. <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to write it all in a notebook. Yeah, you can write it all in a notebook. That's totally fine. But you, you get, this is this is sad but true that I'm motivated by this. They give you a little, like... A um, gold star? Like, a, literally a gold <laughs> star. It's yeah. Like, it's an um, it's a thing that's like a... Um, it's just a little image file yeah. that yeah. you get once you've uploaded 50,000 words inside of a document. They scramble the document so you don't... Um, you're not necessarily giving that document away, but mm-hmm. they're counting how many words are in there, and you get this yay winner page mm-hmm. thing. So if you want to get to the winner page, <laughs> you're going to have to put in a typed document yes, to, that yeah, part. to get that to that. So that's something to know if you're a notebook and pen person. That said, I'm also writing my current novel by hand and then slowly entering it into Scrivener. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think, like, the, with the website itself, it has that upload feature... But also it has like a word counter so you can enter your daily word count and see your graph over time. Oh, yeah. There's a little so, graphs. Yeah, yeah, I know about that part. Yeah. like, But I didn't know. That like you a validation. Take, yeah, like yeah, it's a validation. Like your handwritten. I didn't know. You have to type it. It has to it's, be a type. Oh, you have to type yeah. it? It has to be Oh, well, I thought you document. just said I could scan it. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm saying that if you have I was like, what? No, if you. Oh, that's right. No. If you have a handwritten document, you can't upload Okay, that. okay, okay. So this is where the disconnect was coming in, because you yeah. just broke my brain. I was no, like, right. I was like, there's I'm a sure pneumatic there's tube, services. and you put the book into the pneumatic tube, and they will tell <laughs> exactly. No, that's not happening. So, um, other tools. Um, timer. So, timer. a big thing in NaNoWriMo, especially in, um, 
local groups, and I'm sure online are sprints. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like... like an hour. Yeah, the, the Pomodoro tech. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Pomodoro. Yeah. yeah. So setting it 25 minutes and see how many words you can crank out in 25 minutes. Yeah, and try not to think like, oh, this is good. It's a good opportunity to shut off the critic of like, oh, this doesn't sound good or this isn't cool. Like, just ignore that and keep going. Mm -hmm. There is a book that uh, is, it's good and I enjoyed reading it. And it's interesting because... It's called 2K to 10K. Yeah. <laughs> I literally yes. just wrote that on my notes to like include oh, in the show notes. I was so like, funny. <laughs> 2K to 10K. And the funny thing is, is that there's also a really amazing book by Louise DeSalvo called The Art of Slow Writing. And it's mm -hmm. funny how many things they say similarly between mm -hmm. those two books where they are seemingly in completely opposite. Because it's the same. Uh, it's all about systems and routines. It's not really about... You, you get the output from it that you desire. If you want mm -hmm. to do, if you want to write quickly, you're going to be geared towards writing quickly. If you just want to develop a habit of writing every day and work your way slowly towards completing a book, like say, you know, like a book a year, then that's what you, that's your pace. You know, exactly. you can, you can train yourself to write faster, but I mean, that's the, there, that way lies burnout. You know what I mean? Like you can't, it's not something you can sustain for a very long time. There are lots of layers to this, I think, yeah. in terms of whether you're a full-time writer or if you're doing that. something else and how much, if you have a family, like what your commitments are to your life and how much time you have to give to writing. Mm -hmm. But that said, I think something that both of those books, which we will put in the show notes, mm -hmm. talk about and I think are important to look at is that there is this meta level to NaNoWriMo that you can get out of it that has nothing to do with finishing even a manuscript. It's that you can write and figure out what routines work for you. Mm -hmm. So you can mm -hmm. use this yeah. as a laboratory. And a couple of episodes ago, we had um, one of my teachers, Scott O'Connor, on who talked a lot about the process journal and yes. keeping a process journal. So this is a great thing to do during NaNoWriMo. It's not exactly a tool, but you know, it's something you can do where you're like, wow, I noticed that it's really easy for me to get 1,600 words done in the morning or in the middle of the day or mm -hmm. in the middle of the night when I can't sleep. Like. <laughs> This is a good chance for you to figure those things out, which you can use forever. Yeah. Um, so pay attention to, if you can, you don't have to write a lot because you're already going to be like, fuck you. I'm writing so much every day. Don't tell me to write more. But if you have a notebook and every day write a notebook, uh, uh, like a line like down a in the line. notebook, yeah. like it was easy today. Or, oh, I got out of the house. That was better. Or, oh, being in that room in the back corner is much easier than trying to sit at my desk because that feels too formal. Like, just making notes of how it was, you'll forget that part because you're going to be exhausted at the end of the month. So, yeah. Or even those notes will help you, like, the next time that you do it to be like, oh, at this point, once I got to this point in the writing process, like, say you're around 30,000 words, like, you're fed up with being in this one location or writing this mm -hmm. particular way, and you did something to change it, and that got you over the hump. So that the next time that you go to write a book, you're like, oh, like, because... It feels like amnesia. It's like giving birth to a baby. The next time, <laughs> yeah. next time you go to give birth, you're like, "Oh, I don't remember the pain." It's like, "Oh, why did I do this?" It kind of feels like that um, <laughs> because every time you go to write a book, you get to that same point in the book, and you're like, "Cocksucker, motherfucker, why do I get to this point <laughs> in the book every time?" It's like I can't get past that thirty thousand word hump, and I can't figure out how to get beyond it. And then, if you have this system, you can go back and be like, "Oh." Mm -hmm. this is why I have this shutdown at this point. Maybe I haven't developed the character enough, or maybe um, I just need to take a walk 
<laughs> maybe yeah. I need to drink a cup of coffee, play with my kids, read a book. Yeah, and actually that just made me think of another tool that might be helpful for people that if they are feeling stuck, um, voice recording, like voice um, transcription on the phone. Mm -hmm. Like you can read the words, at least talk it out, have them uh, written, like Evernote has a feature that's really good with that. And that might lead to your next scene. Like you might be writing just to get to your next scene and you just keep writing garbage because you're like just word vomit. And then it's like, oh, that's where we're going. Okay, woo, let's go there. Yeah, like, I'm frustrated. I keep writing this thing because what I really want is for her to go over here. And you're like, oh, But I don't okay. know how to get her here. <laughs> and it's like, well, maybe she gets in her car. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay, <laughs> got it. I mean, you can, yeah, don't let yourself stay stuck. You don't have time to stay stuck during NaNoWriMo. So you just yeah. kind of keep going. Another tool that I want to mention, I have mentioned it many times before on the show because they've been a sponsor, is Scrivener. Yeah. Um, because another thing that you can do is that you can write non-linearly. So mm -hmm. you can say, Why are you looking at me, Tasha? <laughs> <laughs> because you need to write non-linearly. Okay, we've got some processing going on here in the room. <laughs> um, but you can, you know, you don't have to write scene one and then scene two and then scene three and then scene four. Because if you have to write this many words, you don't have the luxury necessarily to do it that way. And what you can do instead is just write the next, the scene that you're excited about. And with mm -hmm. Scrivener, you don't have to write them in order. Which is my favorite. It's so yeah. great. And if you haven't used Scrivener before, NaNoWriMo has, um, is it a free trial usually? I, I think, think it's typically a free, free trial, trial for participants. It's like 40 bucks. It's yeah. like a discount. It's discounted. If you finish it. If you if finish. You, that's why you want to upload your... That's your, why you want to upload your manuscript. You, you get, get a discount for Scrivener. And so, also other tools. Like there's, they have a lot of good stuff that can be fluff. Like I say, like don't get distracted in all the tools, but if you know that you need like a timeline software to help you keep track of your timeline, there's that's on there because that's something I just downloaded for myself personally. Um, and I saw that uh, NaNoWriMo had a discount. I was like, perfect. Yeah, so take advantage of the tools that they make available as they seem immediately useful, but not as you're like, if you know you're the kind of person who can sit there and just Tinker. obsess forever, yeah. then don't let yourself get off that. Except for Scrivener. Scrivener it's is, Scrivener. yeah, Scrivener, <laughs> you just, just got to try Scrivener. It's great because uh, writing in any kind of doc format that's just one just big chunk, scrolling. it's really hard yeah. to manage, especially when you're getting as big as 50,000 words. It's just hard to manage one or big if block. I mean, if you, okay, so if you don't do Scrivener, don't make the dumb mistake of putting all of your story into one document. Separate yeah, your chapters. Separate, yeah. like separate, separate your scenes so that you can you can go to that point in the document instead of having to spend twenty minutes scrolling on your phone on Google Docs. Yeah, and what, and what Tasha <laughs> means about like don't have it in one document, she means don't have it in one scene in the project. So like you don't you don't want to have like multiple files, but within the no, project. No, you need to have Scrivener. multiple no, you files. You could have. No, I'm, I'm not talking about Scrivener. I'm talking about if you're doing Google Docs. Or something oh, like I that. thought you, you were talking about Scrivener. Like, if you don't have Scrivener yet, you can mimic that in Google Docs yeah. by having making multiple, a folder yeah. and then having multiple documents and instead then of number having, them. Yes, so that you don't have like yeah. one big giant document mm -hmm. that you spend yeah, that their, be... your twenty minutes mm -hmm. on break scrolling through to get to where yeah, you need to be. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. The other thing you could do, though, if you want to, you can totally use tools in conjunction. Because I was thinking, like, if you know you have Scrivener at home but you're writing on the go, dumping it into Google Drive, and then copy-paste into Scrivener when you mm -hmm. get home. Or write yourself an email. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Email's Simple. my favorite. Yeah, so anything <laughs> that, you know, don't, 
feel so wedded to your tools that you yeah. can't, you're stuck somewhere and you don't can't make keep it using too precious. Them. Yeah, don't. Yeah, it's it's sacred and not sacred. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so we want to talk a little bit about the prep if you have time. If you're not listening to this yeah. on October 31st mm -hmm. and you're not listening to this on Halloween at like 10 o'clock at night. Um, I mean, if you want to stay up all night could. prepping, it's you could. cool. I Some mean, people start right at midnight. Yeah, but I mean, if you even came up with the idea of doing this at that That's point. That's true. So if you have a story and you want, a story idea that you want to pursue and to explore throughout NaNoWriMo, the, the big question, the hot topic is, you know, do you make an outline or do you just go crazy and really enjoy it? And I think it's really... You could go either way. Mm -hmm. We were talking about to pants or not to pants, to pants or to capri pants. You know, <laughs> partially pants it, you know. Daisy Dukes. Daisy Dukes it. Bermuda Chaps pants. it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like what level of pants are you wearing and how far how do they go? Much outlining is yeah. right for you. Um, and I think we all have different feelings about that. Yes. I was a hardcore pantser for a long time and I thought, oh, I will not be constrained. And then I was like, but I've never finished any of these and I hate all of them so mm -hmm. I was like maybe I should change that um, so I have gone back and a resource which I think I've talked about before is KM Whalen's outlining yes. your novel mm -hmm. especially the workbook because you can and you can get it I got it as an ebook and then just in my journal spent I think I, I spent a couple of months starting to do the book as a pants and I was just like I've had her in a coffee shop for like the last five scenes because I don't know where to take her next. <laughs> this might be a she's, sign. She's definitely over caffeinated. She just wants she she <laughs> coffee. I'm like, she I've might spent, be ready to have a heart attack. Yeah, it's too much. So I went back and I went through and filled out, answered all of the questions. Because the nice thing about that is when she asks you questions specifically about your book, we often, I mean, we abhor a vacuum. So we come up with a response to mm -hmm. these questions and then are able to flesh out the story. I don't have like a, if you think about learning in fifth grade, like Roman numeral one, let big letter A, like that kind of outline that goes through with the book. That's not how I ended up with it. I have like a list of scenes as a result <laughs> of this and I know the characters better as a result of this. So I have a sense of how they might react. But I'll let, I know you all do, I've seen your outlines and they actually kind of scare me, so I'm going to let you, so, uh, actually, that's, uh, what you just said about doing the questionnaires actually just made me think of a way to, um, how I don't, it's not cheating your word count, but how we talked about, like, you pu you're pulling apart your contractions is I would take the answers to my questionnaires because I didn't want the questions to count, and I would copy them into the back of my scripter file. What? Because if it was character work, I was writing. Like, you're writing character profiles. Hold oh, on, this wait, because I, I just know. wrote half of a composition book full of damn character profiles, and if that counts... If it's words are words, you know, because... But I was thinking, like, that's, the that's manuscript... That's cheating, Katie. No, Katie, I, mean, I don't you're, know. You're cheating. I, at the end, I took cheat. it out. Cheat. No, it's not a cheat. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, but I don't know. I encourage people to write in the comments of the show notes and see what they think How about you feel about strategy. this? Well, because if you think about it, if you're trying to figure out what they would do in a situation... It's all fluff, right? And you're trying to get words down. But yeah, so like something I do is, um, well, when I was uh, first got to, got started with NaNoWriMo is I would um, pants it, obviously, because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And then I would plot, like if you think of like you have fog lights on your car and you only see a few feet ahead of you, I would plot like maybe the next few scenes. Um, but now, as a, a regular writer, what I do is I have a, <laughs> I have a spreadsheet um, mm. that basically mimics the scenes from and the beats from Save the Cat. Um, it was created by Jamie Gold. We'll include that in the show notes. But it's basically like an Excel spreadsheet that I just jot uh, sentence fragments like 
this has to happen at this beat, this has to happen at this beat, because like I need like that skeleton, and then I'm flushing it when I'm writing. I'm flushing out the meat, if that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah, I think I am just for anyone who just went into a cold sweat listening. To this, like, <laughs> I don't think in beats at this day. Like in the first draft, yeah. I have a sense of like this is where I think it's going to go, and I think of myself more like a little sailboat trying to get to the other side, and I'm like going to tack okay, back so, and forth. But, but I'm not like is beep, your novel beep, beep. more literary than genre fiction? I don't even know. Yet, oh, that's man. a really I'm just good trying point. To write it down. Makes, if you have if you have a more literary novel then it's not going to be as structured as a, as a genre fic. Because yeah. genre fiction, the beats are there because these are kind of, now we're getting into, you know, reader expectation. Now we're yeah. crossing <laughs> But these are things that, like, say, when you're yeah. reading a mystery novel, you're reading a detective novel or romance, these are things that you come to expect to be in the book. So that's why those beats exist. But if you're not writing yeah. literary fiction that you don't beat it out you just <laughs> you don't beat it out. you don't beat it out you just yeah. kind of go with the flow and then you know it's like it's, the action because, flick versus the indie film right. right and i think that most of the time with literary fiction it's more of a, a character journey mm -hmm. it's a hero's journey which there is beats for that which i mean it's a lot more flexible hero's journey is a lot more flexible but um i think that's the distinct difference in your writing style and why you feel like you want to hurl when you look at mm -hmm. our outlines. I don't want to hurl. I just want to wait until the second draft. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it makes sense because yeah. then you already have everything down and you're like, okay, I can look at this now and see how it fits on my story. Like you're just kind of like, what are those overhead rejector things? Like you have the transparency now yeah. and you're just lining it up with your story. Right. And you're like, oh, okay, I did fill it. So you want the reassurance like after the fact, oh, I already wrote a perfect book. Whereas if you write well, genre, I, you I don't, don't think I wrote a perfect book, but I just want to revise to a structure. I think yeah. I'm just okay. trying. That makes sense. Yeah. Me, and a like, lot of people are like that. Yeah, the outline is like, this is the idea of where I want the character to get from this point to this point, And these things are going to happen along the way. Then I'm going to write a first draft that basically puts plot and events mm -hmm. and real people rather mm -hmm. than just stick figures in there. Brackets. And then the second yeah. draft, I'm going to go through and put it all into an outline and see what's missing or like, wow, this character was in here once and never appeared again. Maybe I don't need mm. them. He went up the stairs and never came back down. Yeah. This is <laughs> <laughs> so whatever happened, to, whatever happened to Gustav, he went upstairs. He never and came back down. And then he was down. gone. He, he just, maybe he flew out the window. I don't know. <laughs> Good night. So, yeah, that yeah. to me happened. And later so okay I so think, i think it's i think that exists yeah i think it's also like you all have written a lot more books yeah so I that think too so we know also know our processes are more yeah, exactly um, ingrained kind of like I, that process i've written yeah. a lot of books but they're crap and i didn't commit to them the way i've committed to because this one because you pants them all I pants them. It was a mistake. Put your pants on the capri pants. I know. Even the capri pants are not as fashionable as you think they might be. Um, well, I didn't talk about mine yet. Do it. So, <laughs> Katie does, I mean, I, I do some of everything. My process for outlining or just prep, period, is for me to get a, uh, a firmer grasp of the characters. Most of my prepping is character development. Mm -hmm. I dig way into it. I ask them way too many questions. I know things about their childhood, you know, like, so that no matter what happens in the plot, which is kind of something I, like, I have, like, a, 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 a kind of an idea about, like, okay, this is my plot, this is my theme. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of something up there that exists in, you know, in the space of the book. But the characters in the book are really what drives the plot. So I spend more time focusing on that. 
mm-hmm. than anything else. And then if I get to the end of my character development, I'm just like, oh, maybe I need a little bit more structure here. Then I'll do something like a scene list mm-hmm. or like I'll beat it out with the beat sheet. So I think we have done a lot of stuff that we wanted to take. So I think I think let's just talk through like if you're listening to all of this and it feels very hypothetical, maybe we could each break it down and do like a step-by-step of this is what my day might look like, or this is the kind of prep I would do. Like these mm-hmm. are maybe steps one through 10 I would yeah. take to have a good NaNoWriMo and we could each do it. So people have three case studies mm-hmm. and then, and then we can set you free to go and write your own. Go a little bit. <laughs> Fly. Um, so what I like to do, you mentioned the book 2K to 10K. Yes. One of my favorite things to do is she has, um, I think her name's Rachel. It'll be linked in the show notes, but she has her a last name is Aaron, A-R-O-N. Yeah. I think it's Rachel Aaron, yeah. Um, And so she has an exercise where she spends five minutes handwriting in a book um, about the scene she's going to write. And in that that scratch, it's basically shorthand. She's working out the fights. It's kind of like coming up with the choreography of the scene. And Tasha mentioned this earlier. It's like you take those notes and then you have that 600 words to spring Mm -hmm. the thousands more off of it. And it kind of just helps take out the guesswork. So that's one of my favorite exercises. And I might do that for the first scene, just... Do it scene by scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be in the middle um, or it doesn't have to be the beginning or the end. You just want to start somewhere that you're feeling excited to write about. And I was actually thinking like this year I might work on book three for NaNoWriMo because it's so tied into my book two that I feel like I need to do a lot of that. But it is, it's also a lot more freeform. And Tasha's giving me a face right now. Uh-oh. That's all right. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but because... Um, that's just going to be fun, and I'm like, let's see what happens. I actually haven't done the – I have a very brief outline, less than the one that you saw for my other book, um, and we're going to see what happens. Nice. So I'm going to return to the pantsing a little bit. Ooh, a little bit. I think what I'm going to do – well, what I have done is I have a book that I'm working on, so I'm just going to use it to catapult me into continuing to write big chunks of – writing throughout the month of November. So I already have outlines. I already have this. I just need, I just want to use it to catapult me to get it down. Now, if I was starting from the beginning and let's say you're sitting there, you have an idea. What I would do is write like almost like a book report. Of like, <laughs> yes. This is my book. I want to write and just write down. It's Bye. about a lady who does this and she wants to do this and this gets in the way and this stuff. And then yes. I would open up the a summary the yeah make a make an overall summary almost like a book blurb or something and then i would open the outlining your novel workbook i would go through and answer as many of those questions as i had time for before starting and then i would come up with a loose outline so that like kate was saying every time i sat down i could say okay i'm going to work on this scene mm-hmm. and i have a few bullet points or a few list items of what i'm going to do so that you're not coming to a cold blank page and it, again, doesn't have to be in order. You're like, I really feel like writing that scene where these two characters have it out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I would sit down and write that scene. And I would come up with a game plan of like, okay, am I going to write two scenes a day? How am I going to get my mind around? So it isn't just 1,667 words. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I could write. My scenes tend to be about 1,000 words. So maybe I do a summary. I get one scene done. And I start another one and leave it in a point where I know I can really get started again know, next time. That's a good time. idea, too leaving stopping at a point where if you go back and read where you left off the next day it'll 
jumping right back mm-hmm. into the story instead of you trying to figure out where was I going to go after this. I yeah, do that a that's lot. That's a horrible feeling. Um, to not know where you're going yeah. next, not the <laughs> having an idea of where to like, go. That's excuse me. That was a good idea. <laughs> no, no, no. I was talking about the feeling <laughs> that you were helping people avoid. Yeah. And so then I would continue that for the whole month, basically, and get mm-hmm. as much done as I could, um, because some books, you know. For reference, a 50,000-word book is probably about the length of The Old Man in the Sea, which is, you know, many of us who are reading books, though they're longer. So this may be a condensed thing that you then go back and expand, or mm-hmm. it could be a novella, you know, whatever you're trying to do. But that's sort of my game plan of how I would approach it. Typically, what I do is like a variation of uh, what I said earlier. Just like in, before I start my day, well, I do morning pages anyway, I'm like, a weird nerd. Like, I have to do a brain dump. Did, did we say nerd again? Yeah, you said nerd again. And I just said it again. Yeah, Drink! Meta. Uh-huh. said it meta. How about right? Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> so, I'll do a brain dump, and in the brain dump, I'll kind of work through, okay, so this is where the kind of the scene I want to write today, blah, 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 do the summary that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then I take that with me through the day mm-hmm. and kind of just make notes in Evernote on my phone. Yeah. You know, probably get like two or three hundred words down and then at the end of the day I'll set a timer sometimes it's for an hour like if I'm on Twitter I'll do like the 1k an hour and try to bang it out in an hour Mm -hmm. but if I feel like an hour is too long then I'll do the Pomodoro method it's like 20 minutes on five minutes off do Mm -hmm. some jumping jacks three minute dance parties you know Mm -hmm. that sort of thing until I get it done that typically works better for me Mm -hmm. um Getting started is always the most difficult part for me. It's like, now I've got all this information about these characters. How do I get them started? Mm-hmm. So, like you said, I, like Kate said, I just go to a part of the book that I really, really want to write. Mm-hmm. And I start there, and then the beginning will come to me. Because you're going to probably, if you do do anything with the book later, you're probably going to change the beginning anyway. Because right. Because we should start later anyway than you think. Yeah. It is. Or much earlier. Yes. It's rarely the point that you. The beginning is, is never one. where you were. Yeah. 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 In the beginning. But that's also something you shouldn't worry about now. Yeah. No. This no, no. is just. This is just your first version of this story. Like mm-hmm. rough first draft. Yeah. You can Anne Lamott shitty first draft this yeah. thing. Yes. And then you know you go all the way through the November and at the end the amazing thing is you'll have something to work with. Right. Yeah. Um. And, and even if you don't want to publish it, you'll know so much more about yourself as a writer than you did before the experience. Yes. So I really hope that this has been helpful. It's been really fun to just <laughs> Yay. kind of pants this episode. <laughs> I mean, we did And none of us it. are wearing pants. By yeah. Way. I mean, no, I don't wear dresses. I wrote bullet points. They made fun of me about my bullet point thing, but I No, it was helpful. It, it, kept us, it kept us on because we could have really um, just rambled. <laughs> It kept us on beat. I know. We baited this out. So I, I really hope that you report back and let us know how you've done. If you're thinking of doing NaNoWriMo, what you're working on, how it went, all of that, please share in the comments below. And if you have resources that have been helpful to you during NaNoWriMo, we would love to know about them. So please, please, please share those as well. And thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Secret Library Podcast. The show is produced by me, Caroline Donahue, and Frederick Barry McWilliams Jr., my tireless audio engineer. To get show notes for this episode and all other episodes, please visit secretlibrarypodcast.com. To get updates, literary love, and notification when new episodes are posted, sign up there for Footnotes, my newsletter. 
And to learn about life coaching with me to work on building your writing life, visit carolinedonahue.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Gold stars to everybody who leaves a rating and review on iTunes. We're so grateful. Until next time, happy reading.